0: in the midst of our heart strong series and uh, we want to have a heart of compassion that's one of the key elements of our heart strong series we want to have a deeper desire to meet people's needs in our community today we have uh, Joshua Bray who's the operations director at the Wayside Center in Elgin Illinois Uh, It's a day intervention place uh, for homeless people, and uh, you remember we had our year-end offering, and we uh, donated over $5,000 or $5,000 to the Wayside Center uh, to help them uh, to put it in a new computer uh, system uh, or lab, and uh, Joshua's going to be telling us a little bit about that. Well, Joshua, it's so great to have you here today, and tell us a little bit about uh, what the mission of the Wayside Center is.
1: You know. Wayside Center has been in Elgin for about 18, 19 years now. The mission is to transform lives through the truth and the love of the gospel of Christ. It's that simple. We kind of view ourselves as a toolbox to the homeless community in Elgin. Here, you know, a well-equipped toolbox has everything you need in it to accomplish and to affect change. And that's what we're offering to our, our guests and our clients at Wayside, is here's a toolbox that has everything you need in it, Scripture study, computer labs, hot lunches to affect the change in your life that will first off glorify God and second off get you back to being a productive member of society. Hmm. Take us through some pictures here and give us a tour. This is the outset of our facility, nice and unassuming entrance. (coughs) With uh, y'all's $5,000, we're able to put up an awning above it. We've already put the order in, and the awning, of course, isn't going to be ginormous. We have about 35 people come through our doors in a day. But what that awning will do is it will allow that one or two people that are going through some kind of a sickness to, to stay out of the snow in the middle of February. This February was a bit an anomaly. Yeah. But normal, you know, out of that 10-degree weather with the snow and the sleet, it will allow that 60-year-old lady who's stuck on the streets to, to stay out of those elements, which just might give her that little boost that, that, that we all need. Wow. Next slide here. Next slide. This is our day room. You'll see the young students in here. This is from some students from uh, Wheaton Academy. We'd love to have your youth group, your high school group, whatever, your, your, your senior citizen group. We'd love to have you come in and just be life to our facility. You know, there's so much power in life community-wise, the energy that's brought in. We are, we're real believers in, in dignity. You know, you, you, you give someone dignity, you give them self-worth. If someone has self-worth, they have hope. And someone with hope has dreams. There is no homeless individual who has dreams. They might physically be without a residence, but they're en route to accomplishing those dreams. So this is our day center. You see the lockers in the back. We provide or actually we let them earn the lockers, part of the dignity component. And and so this is our day room. This is where the majority of what we do takes place. The next slide here. You see this is us serving lunch. I say us some volunteer groups serving lunch. We have what we call the Wayside Bulge. You know, uh, we, we eat good at Wayside. And I all say we because right. we all eat it together. It's it's literally breaking bread together daily. And we have groups that come in, church groups like y'all's here, or it might be a, a Bible study group or it might be a senior citizen group come in and they prepare prepare and serve a nice, hot, healthy lunch. You know, you, you feel good, you act good. Yeah. So the next slide here. This is a, an example of what goes on during Bible studies. We have two Bible studies during every single day, Monday through Saturday. We have a Bible study at 9 in the morning, 1 at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. The 9 o'clock in the morning Bible studies, the women, like they run away from us men, you know, because any wife in her right mind or any lady in her right mind should run from men. Um, and they have their own women-specific Bible study. And the relationships that are built by our volunteer ladies who, who teach those Bible studies have been The strongest catalyst for change with our women at Wayside Center—it's just been absolutely amazing. Next slide here. This is our old computer lab, all right, pre-y'all's year-end giving campaign. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You, You'll notice the little white tower off to the side—that that was donated by Caterpillar, the company, about ten years ago. Um, So tech years, or double dog years. (laughs) So that's about 140 years ago. Uh, technology-wise, it's what these computers we were operating on. So with, with y'all's gift, with, the, with y'all's campaign, wow, it's a whole different world. Uh, working with Gene Hackenberg, a member of y'all's church here, missionary to Elgin, we're able to take that money and not just spend it all at once, but we're, we're dividing it out to where it's going to be a lasting change in that computer lab. The next slide is uh, an example of what it's going to look like, minus the computers. It is, I promise. Um, but anyway, it's, we're going to be able to put a projector on the ceiling. We have a professional uh, teacher, administrator, who's come in to work with us to actually, she's writing synopsises for the computer, I can't even pronounce the word, for, for what we're providing for these guests. And y'all's church and y'all's community coming together and providing this gift has just really been the rocket fuel that we needed to equip Equip our homeless individuals to get to the 21st century technology-wise. You know, you you tell a lot of our people to upload your resume to a website, and they're like, "Who do? What would you call me?" <laughs> <laughs> like, no, 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 no offense. And so we're we able to explain to them what it means to have an email and to put attachments in the yeah. emails and upload them to HotJobs.com or whatever it might be. Yeah. So y'all have been the uh, y'all have been the resource for that.
0: Well, it's it's our privilege, friend. Gene uh, and Judith Heckenberg, uh, we support them as missionaries. Gene uh, is a missionary to the homeless in Elgin, and he spends like four days over there at the Wayside Center, so we already feel closeness. But, uh, Joshua, it's just so exciting. I was there one day uh, with you, and uh, it was just such a wonderful facility that you have, uh, such a wonderful work uh, that you're doing, and I personally am so impressed uh, with your vision your passion uh, for this area and, and we at Springbrook as part of our heart vision we really want to grow our heart uh, for Jesus Christ grow our heart of compassion so what we want to do for our people is we want to continue to provide them uh, with opportunities uh, to serve in different places so we certainly want to come alongside you not just with financial resources but also uh, with uh, hands and feet of Jesus, uh, to help these people out. So, uh, how would we start if somebody was interested here and knowing, boy, I'd like to kind of help you the know, Wayside Center out?
1: What would they do? Your, your very first step that you can do today is come holler at me after service. i got a pocket full of business cards to, to give them away. If I go home with a business card, then I'll be bummed. So, come <laughs> holler at me after service. I'll be hanging out there. Uh, come see me. I'll give you my card, my contact information. The way that we found that works best with new volunteers is come to our facility, we'll give you a 15, 30 minute tour, and we really believe that God has designed each and every single human being with gifts and abilities. We don't want to take your gift in IT and use it to serve mashed potatoes. Right. And if that's the first step, that's the first step. But we really want you to come in, see our vision, see the passion that God's got going on at Wayside Center, and tell us how you can serve the homeless community, and we'll help equip you in that manner. Yeah. So.
0: Great. Uh, thank you so much for stopping by. Let me uh, pray for you, friend. Lord, I want to thank you so much for Joshua and uh, Raina, his wife. And uh, they've been called to the Wayside Center. You know, his dad uh, founded a center similar to this uh, down in Atlanta. It's beautiful to see ministry passed down in a family like this. And uh, I just know hanging out with Joshua has uh, pumped me up regards to uh, wanting to care for the homeless. Thank you for the unique gifting and creativity and passion you've given him. And I pray that we would come along and be an encouragement to him and his ministry. God bless this ministry uh, that's, again, extending your love to these people who need it so much. In Christ's name, amen. Thanks, Make buddy. All right. Let's thank him. I would really encourage you to talk to Joshua afterwards. And also, another thing you can do if you can take out your programs at this time and tear off the communication slip, and if you could fill out the information there, uh, just the names of the adults are here. If you're a regular tender, if you're new, you can fill out the rest of the information. You turn that into the offering. But uh, if you would like to receive an email that has Wayside's uh, website, uh, and other information on how to get involved. Uh, Joshua's going to be emailing that to us, and we'll email that out to you. So just write Wayside underneath your email, and we'll make sure uh, that you get that. Uh, on our Heart Strong Adventure, uh, you have received a devotional. And I want to encourage you to start going through that uh, today as you continue to explore how you want to take ownership in our Heartstrong Vision. Uh, we have had uh, seven different heart-strong gatherings this week, every night, Sunday uh, through last night. And it's kind of fun just seeing you all walk in because uh, I saw a lot of you this week. And that was just great to be able to hang out with you and share the vision and uh, talk with you. Uh, but some of you weren't able to make it. Uh, about 60% of our people there over 200 adults. Uh, so backed by popular demand. I tell you, Saturday, my phone was ringing off the hook. Dan, can you do it again? Do it again, please? I said, okay. All right. But I can't do the full version, okay? So, after the 9 and 11 o'clock service, so starting right at 1230, go to the youth room, and uh, we'll do just a short 45-minute version. Your kids can be cared for in the infant and toddler area uh, through first grade, and then in the gym, uh, second through fifth grade, and, and really... I just ask you to invest this short amount of time in order that you might understand what we're trying to do here in the future as a family. And we got to have everybody on board to get this done for the Lord through His power. So please, please, if you haven't had a chance to be a part of these gatherings because of your schedule, just hang out a little bit uh, afterwards. And we'd love to have you. Also, uh, this is really the most important thing that's our heart strong prayer team uh, we want to bathe everything in prayer We know the only way that we can reach our financial goal the only way that we can do ministry that's glorifying to god is by bringing everything to him in prayer so uh the heart strong prayer team are those people who are led to pray five minutes a day through easter for our ministry and our heartstrong vision so if you feel so led, uh, write your name down here on the uh, message insert, your name and your email, write it neatly, and uh, I'll be sending you an email every several days on what you can pray for. Uh, I've got like 80 people on the team so far. We'd like to double that. Uh, we want everyone uh, who's interested in, in making this particular commitment just to fill this out uh, so we can continue to lift up our work. Uh, Before the Lord. Everyone who attended our HeartStrong gatherings received a copy of the video that was showed last week uh, for our HeartStrong vision, and we'd like you all to have a copy. So you can stop by the Ministry Center after the service and just write down your name and uh, take a copy, one uh, per family. It's already gone viral. I don't know. I see it all over the internet right now, but but, uh, yeah, we'd love love to have you have that. You have to excuse me, I've had a little bit of bronchitis this week But God has sustained me uh, through your prayers I want to thank you so much uh, for how you have comforted me at the loss of my father uh, His death 12 days ago Uh, You just have been incredible in regards to your prayers And they really sustained me i felt the power of prayer uh, just so much throughout this week with all the meetings and uh, the work and uh, it really is amazing how God delivers man and uh, thank you for your sympathy cards. Uh, we have felt so encouraged by you and I know many of you are struggling uh, with parents who are aging. Uh, again, I' talked to so many people who are in similar situations my heart goes out to you uh, that's why we need each other so much, right? Because we all have burdens, and sometimes those burdens are our moms and dads. We love them so much, and they're hurting so much. Uh, It's interesting, this past week I was going through some files, and I I found an old story uh, that I'd written down about my father about seven years ago. And he was in a hardware store, and he was behind someone who looked homeless, and they were buying a pair of gloves. And it was like $9.50. But the guy didn't have the money. So he had to set the gloves aside. And my father saw this. And my father said, I'll pay for your gloves. And the cashier was kind of surprised. The younger guy that somebody else would pay for somebody else's gloves. And and the guy who was buying the gloves said, this must be about God. And my dad said, yes, it is about God. Uh, God is uh, telling me to pay for your gloves and that story typifies Fred Harrison Uh, my dad had this incredible heart of compassion I mean there's all kinds of stories like that throughout his life he was always giving money away to people he was always visiting people who were in need or in the hospital and he was always listening to people now, both my parents stuck around after the service for a long time. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and My mom, she'd be talking. And my dad, he'd be listening. And, and he, he'd tell me afterwards, tell me stories and things like that. And he said, Dan, people just need to be listened to. That's all you have to do is just listen to them. They, they've got so much pain. They need to be ministered to. And that, that really was his primary ministry uh, in our church was listening and he instilled that within me to care for people by listening to them and encouraging them so I'm so thankful that God used my father in that way and as we move forward in this heartstrong vision that is my desire for Springbrook as my dream for Springbrook is that we would have an enlarged heart of compassion that we would be known as a church of compassion. We're going to look at a very familiar Bible story today on a Mark chapter 6. You can pull out your message notes at this time as we take a look at it. It's the feeding of the 5,000. Now, really, it wasn't 5,000 because they only counted the men back in those days. So you had 5,000 men. That probably meant you had... Five thousand women, and you had at least five thousand kids. So let's say eighteen thousand five hundred, just to pick out a number, uh, because that's how much—that's uh, how many seats are in the Allstate Arena for a concert. You Ever been to the Allstate Arena for a concert? Now I should imagine, you know, the Allstate Arena filled with people. Somewhere around there, that's how many people Jesus Christ fed. Uh, that that's quite a feat isn't it so let's explore it uh together we see in john six thirty four, and when jesus landed now he had been on a retreat he had gotten away from the crowds uh taking some time to be with the lord god that is god the father and and he was coming back and the crowds were just crazy about jesus he was the hottest ticket in town, Everybody wanted to see Jesus. Not because they wanted to repent. Not because they wanted to be a follower. They were thrill seekers. They wanted to see the miracles, man. They wanted to see the power come down. Uh, they didn't have a lot to do back in those days other than tell stories and hang around with the, each other. Uh, so when you had somebody like Jesus going around doing miracles, I tell the, the news spread like wildfire. Uh, So they all show up and wanted to see what Jesus was going to do. This verse just uh, is so meaningful to me. Uh, When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, they weren't there for the right motives, but He had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. He's looking at all these people. What's a sheep without a shepherd? That's a dead Dead sheep, right? All kinds of predators out there. It's like if you had a three-year-old and you took him to the playground. You dropped him off and said, I'll be back in three hours. Huh? Oh, Lois says, she, she can't believe it. <laughs> I even said it. <laughs> we, we, we can't imagine that, right? But I tell you what, you look around you in this area, and there are three-year-olds who are out in the world and, and they're, they're getting eaten up by this world because they don't have a shepherd. They don't have a shepherd. Jesus Christ is the good shepherd. And I'm so thankful that He's a shepherd in my life and hopefully in your life. And we've got to introduce everybody else to this good shepherd because nobody should have to walk through this life without a shepherd like Jesus Christ. So He had compassion on them. Uh, compassion is defined as sympathetic consciousness of others' distress together with a desire to alleviate it. So it's consciousness. People have all kinds of needs, but so many times we're so self-focused and narrow in the way that we approach life, we just don't see the need. So number one, you got to be aware of the need around you. You need to say, spirit. You know, hit me across the head when a need comes up. When somebody needs my compassion, let me know so I can respond. Open my eyes to other people's needs. One of the best definitions of compassion is love in action. Love in action. You see somebody in need, you just say, "Oh boy, I feel so bad for that person," but no, you actually do something for them. You take care of them. Jesus Christ was such a beautiful illustration in his life, always showing compassion to people. That's, that's what he was about. And you think about how he went to the lepers. Nobody would touch a leper, get near a leper, because they didn't want to be infected and have to live out in a leper colony, the outcasts of society. But Jesus Christ went up and embraced the lepers. You think about social outcasts like Zacchaeus, the wee little guy up in the tree. And uh, yeah, Jesus got all these people around him. I mean, everybody's paying attention to him. And he chooses the one guy that everybody hates because he's a thief. And he says, Hey, you, I'm going to your house today. <laughs> Jesus just hung around the wrong people uh, in reference to what the religious leaders thought. He was hanging around the right people people who needed Him, people who knew they needed Him. And just day after day after day during His public ministry, He poured Himself out and gave Himself to people, healing people, loving people, listening to people, holding children on His lap. All this compassion. And I really believe that one of the most beautiful ways that we can be like Jesus is that we can give. We can give to another person because that's compassion. That's showing love. That's being like Jesus. And, you know, that's why compassion is so enriching. When you show compassion to somebody, who wins? Well, it's a win-win, isn't it? They win because their needs are met. But typically, I think the person who shows compassion, they're The real winner. They're the ones who are more blessed. Because when you give, you're like Jesus. And you are like what God intended you to be. Administrating His grace to people. It's a beautiful experience. And that's why I'm so passionate about our church being a church of compassion. Because not only do I know that we will be Jesus Christ to this world. His hands and His feet. But it will transform our lives. And we'll grow deeper in our relationship with him and feel his presence even more. And we'll become less self centered and more other centered. And uh, it's very exciting uh, to think about. Now, uh, we, we've done a lot of things in compassion over the years uh, Tri County uh, Baby Bottles uh, Pregnancy Center, uh, supporting that. Uh, we've done backpacks and food drives and Thanksgiving for the sailors and Thanksgiving baskets for families in Carpentersville. Elgin Housing Authority done many things down there. We've done Angel Tree taking care of kids whose mom and dads are in jail. Giving them presents at Christmas. I'm so thankful to Mark Euston and his leadership. and you know, He's helped us with so many of those things. And uh, we've, done, we've done okay. I mean, you know. God's convicted me personally that we just need to take it up quite a few notches here. We have so much capacity here in our body to touch people in our community, to help them, that we have really got to to move in uh, to the next year. Uh, we need to, again, like the Wayside Center, what a beautiful place to serve. And that's just one illustration. What God is doing around here, and so uh, my, my vision over the next two years is that we continue to give you opportunities to serve, and, and continue to show different places to serve. In fact, part of our vision, we're seeking to raise six hundred thousand dollars. That's our financial goal for our Heart Strong vision. Seventy-five thousand of that will go towards hiring a part-time community outreach person. This person will lead us. This person will carry the torch. They'll be the champion for compassion. And the reason we're doing that is that we're understaffed and we can only carry so many torches. And this is so important to us as part of our vision that we want to get somebody on staff part time who can lead us And the seventy five thousand part of that salary, part of it's a compassion fund But we want someone to give their energies over to this so they can organize us and they can start our own compassion ministries and they can network with other churches doing compassion. And so it's just part of our culture. That's the whole idea of the heart strong vision. We're trying to drive these values deep down into our hearts and souls, worshiping together, loving God one on one, loving our families and loving our community compassion we're going to really work hard over the next several years just saying okay we're going to get better and better and better at this uh, through the power of christ in order to love people and love love them ultimately to jesus christ there's a lot of great organizations out there like rotary and other groups that do wonderful things for people i am so thankful for them i really am but The unique thing about the church is not only can we help them materially, physically, emotionally, but we can give them the one thing that no one else can give them, and that is the gospel. The good news of Jesus Christ that will transform their lives for an eternity. So this particular person, who hopefully will come on staff, uh, will also be kind of encouraging us and helping us to uh, engage more with our neighbors and the people in our lives and helping us to form relationships that will help people to come into relationship uh, with our Lord and Savior uh, Jesus Christ. So that's what we're looking uh, forward to. Uh, that's our vision, our heartstrong vision for compassion. Well, let's continue on in the story. Uh, by this time, it was late in the day. So his disciples came to him. This is a remote place. They said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. So Jesus is kind of ministering, and one of the disciples says, Jesus, uh, it's getting kind of late here, and kind of like some of you would like to do to me. Uh, you know, hold up your watch. Like, <laughs> Harrison, okay, we've heard enough. Um, uh, but they were saying, Jesus, uh, we got a problem here. You know, we're kind of way out here in the country, and these people need to eat, and we obviously can't feed them, so why don't you kind of break up the party and uh, let's have them go home. And Jesus said, oh, yeah, you're right. All right. Yeah. Uh, Jesus is very aware of their physical needs. And he had a plan uh, for them. Uh, and Jesus always turns it on the disciples. It's wonderful. So he says, Jesus, get rid of these people. And he said, you give them something to eat. <laughs> OK, imagine yourself at Allstate Arena. All right. And uh, Jesus turns to you and say, OK, feed these people. And, you know, all the vendors are shut down. You know, it's Christmas Day. Nobody's open. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Feed all these people. That's an impossibility. And there's always an accountant in the group. And uh, the other uh, parallel passages, as is seen in all four Gospels, This one miracle. Uh, Philip uh, said... Uh, that would take more than a half year's wages. Boy, that guy thought fast, didn't he? I mean, uh, how can you do that kind of calculation on that kind of number of people and how much it costs to feed lunch? Uh, are, are, we, are we to go to spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? Or we, we don't have that kind of money. What are you talking about? And in another passage, it says that this was a test. This was a test Jesus was giving the disciples. He's saying, you feed them. He wanted to see how they would respond. And you see, they were looking for Colonel Sanders when they had Jesus Christ right in front of them. Jesus Christ turned stones into bread. I mean, they'd seen his miracles before. I mean, really? Couldn't Jesus, you know, take care of this problem too? Uh, it's interesting, though. and Jesus, you know, he could have instantly had banquet table set up for the 15,000, the most unbelievable meal they've ever had, just in a moment. Uh, but he didn't do that. He used the disciples. He used a little boy, didn't he? That's how he likes to work. You know, he likes to use us. We just have to be open to being used by him, right? So we see that uh, they're going through this test. And, and that's why it's so important that we always respond to God with faith. Hebrews 11, 6, And without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. That's why God continues to bring tests in our lives. The one place He wants us is in dependence upon Him. He wants us to be in a continual uh, state of dependence upon Him, because that's the way we're supposed to live our lives. That's how He created us. We don't like that. We don't want to be dependent on anyone. We want to be self-contained. We want to have it all planned out. We can get this thing done. And Jesus wants us in the opposite place. So what He does, He keeps on bringing pain in our lives and challenges where we just have to put our faith in Him and say, God, this is impossible. I can't do this. Can you help me? That's what He wants. And that's what He values so much is faith. It's impossible to please Him without it. And He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. So if you have an issue in your life where it's just every day you're saying, God, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do, every opportunity you say that you have, but you know what to do, you know what to do, you know what to do. I put my faith in you. I, 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 it's not comfortable because I'd like to kind of get it done right now, and I'd like to kind of all neat and you know formatted in my mind in terms of how this thing is going to go down, but. No, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to leave it open-ended. I'm going to trust in you. That's what God wants. He wants faith more than anything. And it's the last thing we want to give Him. That's where we need to be. We need to trust Him. So Jesus Christ goes on. How many loaves do you have, He asks. Go and see. Well, they sent Him out on a mission to find some food. When they found out, they said five and two fish. We see more insights in John 6, 9. Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? So you can imagine the disciples going, this is a big crowd. Like, hey, anybody got any food? Anybody bring a picnic lunch? Please, raise your hand. Anybody? Food, food. And all of a sudden, this little kid kind of tugs on the you know clothes, and he says, I got a lunch. What's he got in this lunch? He's got five barley loaves. I don't know why we think this, but it's kind of like this guy's got you know huge Italian bread, you know, sticking up, you know, two feet long. I've got lunch, you know, no, 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 no. This is this is poor bread, the bread of poor people. They were little cakes, flat cakes, like a dollar pancake, and uh, they really weren't that tasty. And then there were two fish, and they were pickled fish from the Sea of Galilee, kind of like sardines. And so what they would do is they would put the sardine on the biscuit, and that would be kind of like the relish, you know. And <laughs> great art hors d'oeuvre. Uh, yeah, not a great lunch. And you know, when I think about a good lunch, I think about chipotle. I think about something I need two hands to hold, to eat, to manage, Ah, to develop. Bower. Or, of course, always I think about Jimmy John's. Oh, the bread of Jimmy John's. The I mean, is that what Jesus is working with? The, no, he's looking at these little... little. I mean, if we were to come up with a uh, comparison today, how many like the ends of bread? You know, the ends of bread. Oh, why? What's wrong with you? Okay. Uh, everybody, you know who to donate your ends of bread to. Don't throw them away. Give them to these people. So let's take, let's take two ends of bread... Put some peanut butter in there and let's dry it out a little bit, okay? All right, and then throw five saltine crackers in it. That's the kind of lunch we got going down here, right? Yeah, oh yeah, it's real tasty. Yeah, good stuff. That, that, that's what that's what this little boy brings. Not much, not much, but you know, he gave it. Yeah, you know, I don't think he fought over it. <laughs> no, you're not taking my lunch away. You know, I can't. I'm not going to blame other people. You know, and it's only because of mom, right? Can you just imagine the scene that morning? A little boy is. I'm going to go see Jesus. I'm going to go see Jesus. Now wait a second. You got to have a good lunch. No, no, no. I, I don't need lunch. I'll be fine. Now wait a second. <laughs> so finally, you know, he gets his lunch and out the door he goes, and all of a sudden he's right in the middle of this thing, and he gives the lunch. He doesn't tie the lunch. <laughs> he doesn't say, okay. Uh, Ah, you get one biscuit and uh, half a sardine. <laughs> he gives it all to one. That's what God wants, right? He wants all of us. We to continue to be reminded of that. He wants to be Lord. He wants everything we have. And uh, that's what this little boy uh, does. He's such an example to us. 2 Corinthians eight eleven. For if we... For if the willingness is there we're willing to give the gift is acceptable according to what one has not according to what one does not have See, the important thing is not how much you have to give to God the important thing is you give what you have Talk about equal uh, not equal gifts but equal sacrifice we talk about this heart-strong campaign and giving to the Lord Uh, you know everybody is going to be led to give a different amount based upon their income and based upon God's blessing and how much faith they have in God and things of that nature. Uh, The important thing is not the amount. The important thing is how much you sacrifice in giving that, how much faith you put in God in order uh, to make that particular uh, commitment. So God is, is very pleased in this way. You see, that's all we've got, is to give ourselves to God and our resources to God. It's the same thing with compassion. You know, what can I do to help this world? About a week ago, we were watching the news, as you were, and all the tornado footage. Oh, it's kind of like, turn it off, I can't watch it anymore. It's so devastating just to see people, you know, in front of their houses, you know, or lack thereof. Uh, This is uh, something I saw on ABC News. This is Stephanie Dexter from Henryville, Indiana. And she and her two kids uh, were in a home and uh, they knew the tornado was coming and they heard the train sound and she knew that, uh, I don't know where she was, but she knew she had to take more cover so they went downstairs and she laid on top of the two kids. And I tell you, in the video, um, that place is just torn apart. I mean, it was just demolished. And she said she she stayed awake to the whole thing. She heard everything. She saw everything. She was covering her kids. And um, it was a brick home. And the debris came down, and it crushed her legs. It crushed her legs. And uh, her kids were saved, but uh, her legs were amputated. What a beautiful beautiful story about a mom's love, right? And you look at that, and you look at the other stories you see on the news and say, what difference can I make? I mean, I'm just one person. I don't have a whole lot. Well, you see, friends, when you are supercharged by the power of the Holy Spirit, you know, you can do a whole lot. You can be a hero to somebody else like she was to her kids. You just need to be open. You need to have an open spirit and say, Lord, I'm going to use my little bag of lunch here to be compassionate. And I'm going to use what little money I have. I'm going to use what little time I have. Whatever. You just show me where I, I need to show uh, compassion to people. So my dream as we move through these next uh, several years is that we would have bigger hearts of compassion. That Jesus Christ would fill us with uh, the motivation to want to help others. Formally, like going out of the Wayside Center. Informally, just a neighbor who is sick, and you bring over a meal, or you take care of their kids, or it's just like you're always looking for ways to be compassionate to others. That's 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 what I hope happens. I pray happens to our heart strong vision in this area of compassion. It just becomes so natural uh, to us. So uh, Jesus Christ takes his lunch. And then in verse 39, then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. Now, they didn't really know what was going on. Fifteen thousand people, that's... You try to imagine everybody's attention. Everybody sit down, sit down. And uh, then, verse 41, Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. That was the miraculous moment right there. You see, friends, when we bring our little bag lunch to God, whether it be our time and energy and love and compassion, or whether it be through a heartstrong commitment uh, to seeing this uh, become a reality in our ministry, Jesus Christ supercharges anything you give to Him. So you give Him a dollar. That's a supercharged dollar because you've invested it in His kingdom. And it creates unbelievable value because Jesus Christ is behind the dollar, not the government. Jesus Christ stands behind that dollar. And Jesus Christ, just was like with that little... little... (laughs) uh, humble lunch... (laughs) Jesus Christ can take our little humble gifts, our little humble lives, and do amazing things. If we just allow him to. We have just got to give in. We've just got to say, I give up my 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 petty little plans and desires and I give it all to you, Jesus. I just you do what you want to do through me. Amen. When he kicks in to gear he kicks into gear. Look what it says here. Then He gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. Then there's a huge gap. <laughs> because verse 42 says, they all ate and were satisfied. <laughs> like, whoa, wait a second. We're missing something here in the passage. What happened? Can you give us some details? I mean, you start out with his five little biscuits and these two little sardines. And how do you... Go from there to feeding over fifteen thousand people. I mean, how does that happen? Can we see the playback? All right, and someday we'll see the playback. But God was just creating the sardines and the, and the biscuits as, as, as they were passed. We don't know what it looked like, but man, it was so cool, and I love it. And they all ate and were satisfied. When are you totally satisfied? With your food, I think probably our most common experience is Thanksgiving dinner. okay? Whatever diet we're on, forget it, man. I'm going for the gold here. You know? For me, I got a whole Thanksgiving dinner, then I got one pumpkin pie just for me and two cans of whipped cream. And I am going to town. And I tell you, once I'm done, I am satisfied. They gotta roll me out of the kitchen. I am so satiated. I get sick later, but that doesn't matter. I want to enjoy this feeling. I am satisfied. God wants to satisfy you. God wants to bless you. I'll tell you what. I I don't know, but I I think God upgraded that lunch. I I don't have any theological proof or anything like that, but. I think that he upgraded that lunch. It tasted better than barley loaves and sardines. I don't know what it tasted like, but I know they ate a lot of it. They say, bring it over. Come on. You see, when God does something, he doesn't say, okay, all right. Now, everybody get three sardines and uh, you get three, three pieces of barley. Don't take any more because we've got to feed 18,000 people here. No! You take all you want, man. You eat and you eat and you eat and you eat. This is God's feast. We're having a party. I am satisfying you, and here's the problem, man. We're just so stubborn. Say, God, I want to do my own thing. I, said, I don't know what's going to happen when I give it to you. <laughs> he's going to satisfy you, right? You're you're chasing all the wrong things in life, but you go to Him. You spend time with Him and and cultivate that relationship, and He's going to satisfy you. You. You're looking in the wrong place for satisfaction. I know I do. And uh, He just wants to satisfy us. Uh, And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of the men who had eaten was 5,000. 12 basketfuls for each of the disciples. And... I just, I just got to imagine they gave a sack to the kid, right? <laughs> just imagine the kid coming home. Hey, mom, look what they did! To, look what Jesus did to your lunch. <laughs> they had leftovers for like a month. <laughs> that's how, that's how good Jesus is. We just have to believe it and live it out on a daily basis, friends. Matthew nineteen twenty six, Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Now, we're going through a campaign right now, and we're asking you to take a giving journey. We're asking you to step out in faith, to give to the Lord in ways you've never given to him before. Ways that scare you.